Alright, well hey there all you DC Comics News fans, comic book fans, fans of podcasts and top five lists and uh, yeah, basically anytime you like tuning in, listening to someone share their thoughts and feedback and opinions and maybe utilize this while doing <clears throat> household chores or just enjoying public transportation, driving, commute, well, for whatever reason you've chosen to tune in, even if I'm just the voice that helps you go to sleep and you never make it more than five minutes in. Thanks for popping in. Always appreciated. <laughs> you've arrived at the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This is episode number 131. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. My genuine pleasure to hang out with you and share my top five picks from each and every week at DC Comics News and all the books from DC Comics. Now, when it comes to each episode, for this one, we're looking at the books from November 9th, 2021, and I'm starting out with Action Comics number 1036, 1036, 1036, however you want to say that. Those are the numbers. That's the issue. It's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Daniel, Daniel uh, Samperi. Adriana Lucas on the colors, Dave Sharp on the letters, Daniel Samper, and Alex Sinclair on the cover, Julian Totino Tedesco on the variant cover, and I said uh, Daniel Samper's name like two or three different ways. I think I even said it differently that way than the other two. So whichever one I got right, if you want to let me know, go ahead, let me know. <laughs> and... Uh, I'd be curious to know whenever I get them wrong, because it's going to happen. What can I say? What I can say is that, well, I'm never alone when I'm recording one of these episodes. I've got my pit bull, Fiji, and uh, my little guy here, Bruno. And you're going to hear some snorting, some rooting around. Sometimes he gets restless. Sometimes there's paw licking. You know, they're They're cute. <laughs> But sometimes they're just more than you expected them to be when they're in the moment. One thing that blows me away about this Warworld saga is there's what you think is going to happen, and you realize, as I fondly do, that Philip Kennedy Johnson, as he's shown us in things like The Last God and so many other works, that there's always more to be pushed. There's always more to be revealed. And there are always more ways to push the expectations. Now, we've got Superman uh, <laughs> traveling with his authority team of Enchantress and Manchester Black and Omac and Light Ray and Apollo and Midnighter and Steel. And we've got the arrival on uh, Warworld. But before that, we have this really interesting introduction in which a Durlin, who has accepted the title of Lord Premier of the United Planets, is recording a journal before they are interrupted by someone who wishes to share a message about Superman's endeavor and how it involves a group known as the Phalosians, to which this very quiet and, for the most part, very gentle Durlin becomes enraged and screams out that there is no such thing and that <laughs> this is something that is clearly unexpected because until their arrival, most people in DC Comics would be hard-pressed to know 
who they are, what their importance or value is, and why it is that Superman would be willing to travel the war world where there are many, many warnings that he should not be there. And uh, when he gets there, both he and his team are exposed to the just <laughs> unbelievable brutality, severity, and I mean, it, when people say desolate, they're talking about places like Warworld. And the story reveals very quickly just what it is that Superman's up against, how far along he has actually been in regards to his age and weakening and the need for the superpower team that he's assembled, and just what a fierce enemy Mongol, um, the Mongol who is, not the Mongol who was, and there have been a few in between. And, uh, well, if you're looking for a start to a saga, this one could not be more harrowing. And then, just for good measure, we've got a really fun Tales of Metropolis backup story by Sean Lewis, art by Sam Basri, Hi-Fi on the Colors, Dave Sharp on the Letters. And together, makes for a really awesome combo. And, I mean, for starters, I mentioned those... Uh, those uh, amazing artists, as well as the cover and the variant cover. And that variant cover, mm, it, it's a good one to add to your collection. It's got all the grit, all the wonderful um, <laughs> the images that come to mind when you think of Superman in his earliest days. So with that, all I can say is enjoy. It's a great five out of five book. It's why I'm so happy to start off this week with that one on the list. And it makes it so easy to also move back in time from that cover idea into our next one here. I'm talking about Robin and Batman number one. Now, yes, it's more often to see uh, Batman and then Robin, but the focus of this series is, uh, is Robin. And it's written by Jeff Lemire. And art and colors are by uh, Dustin Wynn. Letters are by Steve Wands. And you've got a main cover by Dustin Wynn with a variant cover by Jeff Lemire and uh, Jose Villarubia. Another one of those names I'm never sure if I'm pronouncing right. But I try, we try. And yeah, the original cover, the variant cover, um, you're, you're hard-pressed to feel like you're going wrong with any of those, and should you get all of them, I will not judge you, and if you wish me to keep it a secret, guess what? I already did, so we're covered. So this story is really a bit of fun, in which we get to see Robin in an early um, advanced training moment. And in this moment, he is taking on some goons on the street, so it's like a live field training experience and he's being coached by Batman in his ear and things are going well as far as he's concerned he's certainly not deterred but Batman is seeing some warning signs and he would wish to some way make sure that his charge is following his instructions and this leads to conflict and claims of I know what I'm doing to no you're not paying attention and it's that conflict that then also reveals that things are quite different when uh, we think about the history of Batman and Robin than it was originally shown 
in some of those early issues and even in moments where there has been a chance to look back there the uh <laughs> there are the things that are going on between bruce and alfred there are the tensions between alfred and his desire to work with young dick grayson and there is also the tension between bruce and dick and it only continues when dick decides that what's going on might be a test and he he needs to prove himself now in his attempt to do to he uh he takes on some very real risks faces some very uh eye-opening monsters and the like and it's through his interaction with them that we see where this story is going to be heading as we uh, look forward to an upcoming robin and batman 2 the art is distinctive really reminds me of so many of the pieces that sort of assemble that collage when i think of jeff lemire there is uh less of the perfect rounded corners and more of the jagged sketched out sort of hazy memories of life i'm thinking of that as i remember a recent dream and the ability to remember parts of it but but know that the people i'm having a conversation with their faces i i can't really see or it's almost like i can hear their words and then i look to see them and they're there but they've already spoken and now i'm just trying to get a mental picture and it, it creates a really lovely sort of way that memory is, especially the memory of these characters as we go down this journey with them. Hey, that's my second pick, five out of five, and a great one. Time for a quick ad break, and then we shall return with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Be right back after this quick ad break. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast, here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating 
Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad go? No. No one had to see more of the bad no, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And as promised, as requested, as desired, we are back after the ad break. And boy, 
moving things right into my next one is a pretty powerful story that really blows me away. For this one, I am talking about Batman the Imposter number two. Now, interestingly, when I was talking about Robin and Batman number one, the, the thing that caught my attention the most is the way it looked back on history and how it showed um, the imperfections that surround the trauma of a young boy's uh, sudden loss of his parents and what it means to then try and take on a mantle that's being offered by someone as imposing, not only as Bruce Wayne, but as Batman, and then to become his ward. Well, the story of how this all began with Bruce Wayne is continued with the idea of the imposter and how it is that Leslie Thompson came into his life and how it is that uh, (laughs) she became sort of someone that he was introduced to when he was young and also someone who at the beginning of last issue was crashing into her life again as an adult and how it is that they are now connected as a story of an imposter who is killing criminals all over Gotham (laughs) is making things even more difficult for Bruce and his mission. And uh, I said Thompson earlier. It's Tompkins, by the way. Another one of those moments where there's what I think I'm saying and there's what I say. And it was nagging me that there was something about my pronunciation there. So with that, we have Dr. Tompkins. We have her history with Bruce Wayne and we have her current, um, as it's being told in this story, the present with uh, Bruce Wayne. And what those two different ideas mean and how it is that they are shaping for us that that wealth of history that's always been for some time now an important part of Batman's legacy how it is that he has had these people in his life who could help him heal when there were things that no one person could ever overcome on their own Um, it's a pretty amazing story that pushes against the ideas of you know, how it is that public figures can become inspiring, but they can also lead to uh, dangerous outcomes. How it is that sometimes what we inspire in others is not what we intended, and sadly something we must deal with, with not only how we allow ourselves to be portrayed, but how we deal with those who take the things we might say or share and twist them into a version that does not reflect what we want and might even become something we have to stop. Um, (laughs) The dog is getting a little bit louder with the snore, but should that lull you to sleep, I will not be offended. However, I don't think this Batman imposter story is one that will lull you to sleep. There are brilliant exchanges of Great exposition, wonderful dialogue. The layouts are really original, and they create some wonderful examples of of how imagery can be presented to the reader, to the viewer, and through that be interpreted as something that is very complex and also wonderfully layered. 
and from both a visual and a written style. This, this is a, a phenomenal book that does some wonderful presentations of things that absolutely enjoyed and I felt sort of raised the caliber. This is a deep, challenging psychological story, one that pushes sort of on the edges of what we think we already know about Batman what we think we know about his early days and how it is that some concepts that are addressed maybe in summary in other books can be delved into. And in this story, boy, do you get a chance to delve. I mean, I'll just say it's a phenomenal work. It's uh, fairly masterful and it is brought together by the, the works of those like Matson Tomlin, Andrea Sorrentino and uh, Jordi Belair. You're going to want to add this one to your list if you didn't already. And should you have any thoughts or comments to add, well, I'd love to hear them. And there goes that train. Man, it's almost like it's just letting us know (laughs) that there are things that are coming. And those things, well, let's just say they're not stopping anytime soon. So with that, it's time for me to go ahead and move us on to our fourth book. Um... This was a really fun one for me. Um, There is something amazing about the Joker series. When I first picked it up, I was phenomenally blown away by the idea it's suggesting of the history between Joker and Bruce Gordon, and also what it is that we all might be willing to do if you had been put under the screws, you know, tortured in so many different ways by someone as twisted as the Joker, someone whose psychological trauma can leave scars that can take a lifetime to uh, recover from. Now, because of all that, this Joker story continues to push the edges, and James Tyan IV, man, has no problem, like, not only pushing all those edges, but then looking for ways that they can be connected to the things we already know and have already known. And um, he's joined by the amazing Stefano Raffaele, um, which is another name I cannot guarantee I got right or will get right, should someone pronounce it correctly for me. There's always that possibility. Romulo Fajardo Jr. is on the colors with Tom Napolitano on the letters, Guillaume March and Ari Friano on the cover, with variant covers by uh, Miko Swayan and James Stoko. So, we're now in issue number nine, and uh, Jim Gordon is starting off this issue where he's talking with Vengeance, the biological daughter, offspring, potential clone, maybe harvested organism with DNA that is drawn directly from Bane. But this story pushes us not only with a really wonderful introduction by Gordon explaining to Vengeance all of the ways that the Joker has harmed and how maybe up until now, Gordon wasn't quite sure what he would be able to do about taking an offer that he's been given to end the Joker, to kill him, to finish his life and how it is that uh that he knows 
that by telling all of the details she's sharing with vengeance and by essentially leading her to the most likely place where the Joker is sharing intelligence, he is essentially sending a loaded weapon to kill the Joker. Not exactly getting his hands dirty by pulling the trigger himself because there have been too many times where he's gone up against the Joker and been found wanting. And now he just wants a killing machine who can do it for him. And the moral issues this raises. And then, <laughs> right when you think you're done dealing with all of that, like right when he thinks he's gotten to a point that he can say, okay, well, I've come to whatever I've come to and I'm, I'm going to set things up and they're going to happen, then, then there's a lovely twist. And it's interesting that it's kind of like a one time only this twist can happen. But this twist then leads to a series of revelations. And from those, oh, the story just keeps pushing and stretching. And because of that, we, <laughs> we really enjoy um, just how far Joker can go. There's also a great punchline backup story here. And I think overall, this continues to add to the wonder and oh, unbelievable surprises that Joker has revealed and continues to expose. And because of that, how James Tynan just does not let up. This is not a simple, straightforward story. This is a story that looks like it's straightforward at moments and then everything changes now. Sometimes it's the Joker changing things. In this case, it's not exactly what he wants. You'll learn more about that. And also, a very dark secret that could mean something potentially, well, potentially part of a bigger storyline later on, if it should become something that other DC storytellers get the chance to tap into. Let me say that when you discover it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say about what this could or could not mean. Boy, with that, it's time for me to move into my fifth and final book of this week's selection. And I decided to go with Wonder Woman number 781. Yeah, the little dude, he's just going to snore, 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 snore. And sometimes there's not much you can do except... You know, wonder at the fact that <laughs> sounds like this, moments like this, they're a gift, right? So, Wonder Woman 781, with uh, writing by Michael W. Conrad, Becky Cloonan, with art by Marco... Uh, sorry, I messed that up. Marcio Takara, with uh, Tamara Bonvillain on the colors, Pat Rousseau on the letters, and Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson on the cover with Will Morai providing the variant cover. By the way, both covers, pretty awesome. The first one, the original, with that great image of a sword and the reflection of Diana's face, as well as a wonderful variant that feels both timeless and also just this side of fantastical. Um, it really is quite lovely. And I, I think you might be tempted to add both to your collection. And then once you read the story, you'll be wondering, well, do you have all the books preceding it? And are you on the list to get all the ones after it? I love that we open this story with uh, Wonder Woman hanging out with her friend Etta. And uh, the sort of 
things they're sort of sharing about each other, both personally, professionally, about how it is that a figure who Wonder Woman came across in the uh, other side of the living realm and who was doing some very dark deeds with the weapons as well as the spirits of those in Valhalla and how does this led to conflict between the two of them and eventually his banishment and now in the real world it appears that he has a, a bit of a machination in play now Psycho has already been um, a really fun dark and misogynistic character in Harley Quinn. The misogyny continues in Wonder Woman 781, but that's not the least of Wonder Woman's problems. There's the fact that he can control others, damage their minds, make them do things, put them at risk, and how this leads Wonder Woman to seek out Boston Brand, who's inhabiting a recently deceased body before it should, well, let's just say, kind of fall apart. Um, <clears throat> What it means that when she thinks about con contacting Steve Trevor, she decides not to, and that then Trevor is visited by a deranged Wonder Woman imposter, one imposter, imposter, one that he must deal with, as well as one that takes on Psycho, as well as one that Psycho is someone Psycho is dealing with, who. Well, let's just say he burns, and this might come to um, be something important later on. And also, what happens when Boston and Diana take a trip with some lovely work along the way? I mean, there are some great moments of a silhouetted Wonder Woman against a sunset sky, the plane flying with lightning cracking in the background, and the appearance of more Wonder Women. And just what that could mean for where Boston and Wonder Woman are headed now. And how easy it's going to be to get there if they have to fight Wonder Woman lookalikes, clones, or whatever these versions of her just might be. Hey, that's my fifth and final book for this episode number 131 of the DC Comics New Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. Thanks for hanging out with me. Been an absolute pleasure. Look forward to sharing all of my top five picks with you. Make sure you never miss out by subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to. We're uh, on all the big ones if you want to tell your friends from iTunes and Spotify to Stitcher and, you know, all those big ones. And then for many other podcast platforms, especially the one you're listening to, let them know we're on there. Subscribe. Make sure you never miss out. Upcoming episodes of The Spinner Rack, the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, so many of our other, other great original programming from I Am The Night to Mad Love, and great original shows to look forward to in the future. And then I would also say, if you want to send us a note on social media, let us know what you're thinking. We can be found at, at DC Comics News, that's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. When you use at DC Comics News, you'll make sure we know what you're thinking, what you want us to know, questions you might have. More importantly, we love a great conversation. We can't hear what you have to can't wait to hear what you have to say. And look forward to the next time we get to hang out with you, which is why we always have this great reminder to always read more comics. Bye now.